Grow CFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using Grow CFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the Grow CFO show. I'm your host, Kevin Appleby, and today I've got Tom Ricker McCarthy with me. Now, Tom is from a company called Lucidity, and at Grow CFO, we're partnering with Lucidity as part of the strategy work that we're doing. And I'm really excited to talk to Tom today because he's going to tell us a lot more about the product and a lot more about how we're going to use the product in Grow CFO as part of our strategy training. So, Tom, welcome to the Grow CFO show. Great. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. I was I was thinking about this before, and I, I used to love standing up at conferences and talking. And actually, this is one of the few podcasts I've done. So thanks very much for having me on. Yeah. So, Tom, benefits of the people that probably didn't see you and I in the two webinars that we ran a little while ago together. Yeah. Uh, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. So I have a a long track record in the technology sector. I've been in technology since the 80s, which is obviously going back some way now, and sort of moved through telecommunications, IT. And then I got into software in the early 2000s. I've been in software now for about 20 years. And I do have an engineering degree, although that was a very long time ago. My activities actually always been at the at the sharper end, at the commercial end, you know, numbers, sales, marketing, that end of life. And I started Lucidity, we started Lucidity four years ago now to really make a difference to strategy and to make it more accessible to many, many more people and many, many more organizations than than it was at the time. And we've still got a lot of work to do there to to make it more accessible to people. Yeah, I and mean, one thing that I do love about Lucidity in the short period of time that we've been working together is the way you're always constantly developing the product and putting extra things in there, more useful things in and so on. But just wind back, Tom, to four or five years ago. I know you were involved in putting strategy together, turning a company around, selling a company before you moved into Lucidity. What were the problems that you were seeing that needed a solution? Okay, yeah, that's an interesting question. So over the years, I've been involved in a lot of growth, growth activity, growing businesses and teams. I did three turnarounds, a couple of um, exits. So a lot of business activity. And along the way, you know, picked up, we picked up some bits of recognition and a few sort of awards and things like that. I looked at all of those examples of results being delivered and and impacts being made. And the common denominator was actually putting in place a simple strategy and and making it happen. And I sort of largely, and me and the team members along the way, we sort of largely took that for granted. And then actually, I realized that a lot of organizations and teams struggle with strategy. It's a bit nebulous. People are sometimes lacking in confidence. They're not really quite sure what it is. And so when I came out of the last software business where I was chief executive, and that was a bit of a turnaround job, I wanted to do something else in software. And I also wanted to do something where I had thousands and thousands of customers rather than just a few hundred. And so I thought, hold on, you know, a lot of businesses are struggling with strategy. Let's see if we can use software build some software to build a platform to help to start to solve some of the issues 
around strategy that organizations have. And that's where it sort of first idea really first came from. So of course we did, this is going back to 2018, we did some research, we did some prototyping, we did some more research. And what we found was that yes, huge problems by, with lots of uh, businesses, the tools that people were trying to use to solve the problem were, were sort of non-existent or dreadful. And we thought we can do this, we can do something here and we can do something that's really market leading. And we sort of, four years later, we sort of have, we're still growing rapidly. And as you mentioned, we're constantly developing the product. We've still got, you know, work that we want to do, but we've achieved our initial uh, product vision, our own sort of product vision of building a platform that makes strategy much easier, much faster, and much more accessible for any business in any sector. Yeah. And what I like about the platform, Tom, is that you can use it to help you through the thought process. Yeah. You can help then through the documentation process of what you've thought about, which means you get things into a format you can communicate to the rest of the team. And it doesn't just stop at the point that you've put a plan together. Yeah. A lot of it that is about the more detailed execution plan. Yeah. Monitoring that plan across the period of your strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Because what you're touching on there is strategy is sort of quite a broad activity. And it does range from the sort of analysis and thinking and thinking forward and that sort of strategic thought into planning, into execution, into tracking. It's a very broad activity. And I think that's why no one's ever really come up with some decent tools for it, because it's quite varied. So going back, you know, and and as you say, in terms of the thinking bit, what we found in our research was, as I said, a lot of people think strategy is quite nebulous. But as soon as you show them some examples, people realize that actually, it's not that hard. It's not that difficult. But just a lot of people are a bit unsure about things. So we've been quite heavy with examples in the platform. You know, so if there's a bit of analysis you do with a simple SWOT, for example, we've got lots of examples in there of different sectors and different company SWOTs. Or if it's some external analysis with, say, some PESL, we've got lots of examples of that. I mean, we actually built, we've built a little known fact, Kevin, is we've built the largest database of vision statement examples in the world. So if you've got a, you know, bit of spare time, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of vision statements to look at. But the thing is, but there's a serious point there, which is we found showing people examples of strategy was a bit like switching the lights on. And that's making it more accessible to people. And we've actually taken that idea all the way through to whole strategies. So there is a sort of a template engine in the platform if people want to use it, such that, you know, if you're in a particular sector, like I'm in software, then, you know, I can pretty quickly magic up a a software, a strategy that would be suitable for a software business, at least to get people moving, to give them some confidence, to start to add, to edit, to amend. And that's important. We just, we want to make it accessible to people. We want to make it quicker and easier than a lot of other alternatives. Yeah. What I really do like is the way that there are all those examples and there are really, really detailed instructions of how to go through a particular exercise. Yeah. Now, we're running 
strategy boot camps for the CFO or the finance and grow CFO. Yeah. And the idea that is that you will work through your own business's strategy, but putting it into lucidity and working through lucidity all the way through because it's it gives you the ideal place to document that. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's um, one of our strat lines is everything strategy all in one place. Yeah. And you asked where the, some of the product thinking came from. And most products are actually built on personal experiences that tend to be problems. I so remember being at Heathrow about to board a flight to the States, and I had to get all my strategy documentation together. I was a chief exec of a software company at the time. This is going back a few years. I had to get all the documentation together before the gate closed. And I was rummaging around. It took me about 40 minutes in all sorts of different servers and files and folders to pull together what I needed. And I was so stressed out by the time I got on the plane. And I just thought, you know, there's got to be an easier way than this. And just having a space where a management team, a team can have everything strategy all in one place, all up to date, live data without having to rummage around through 27 spreadsheets and 16 PowerPoint decks. There's a lot of value there, just that, because strategies are a long-term activity. And just that sort of documentation management piece can take a lot of time and energy out of a management team, you know, when everyone's busy. Because, you know, from survey work we've done, one of the biggest challenges in an organization around strategy is getting everybody to prioritize strategic activity versus the day-to-day so you have to make things easy you have to remove friction you know you have to make things accessible easy to find up to date etc and you know again so that's some of the sort of thinking that's gone into the product that originally came from some painful personal experiences yeah and a lot of my experience of doing strategy with clients or yeah. doing performance management work with clients, which is just another side of the same coin, yeah. is that, yeah, you can do all of this in PowerPoint slides, in Word documents, in Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. There's a multiplicity of them. You know? Yeah. I'll have done a practical exercise with a client. Say we've done a SWOT analysis. Yeah. And you know, the SWOT analysis will start off on a flip chart with lots yeah. of posted notes. Great, we've got to document it somewhere. So it goes into the Word document, the PowerPoint, whatever. Yeah. And we circulate it. Yeah. Then we do another session and we put a pestle analysis together, thinking about for, for those yeah. that's, those folks that aren't familiar with pestle, it's all about a way of looking at the the circumstances outside your company. Pestle stands for, and this is a test, political, economic, social, technological, Legal, legal and environmental. Yeah, well, Kevin, good. That wasn't bad. Ten out of ten. Bad. Ten for that one. And you know, you'll document that, and that's in, in another Word document or PowerPoint slide that you've yeah. circulated. And you might go on. You might do a Porter's Five Forces. You might do a stop-start-continue exercise at some stage. Yeah. As you say, you end up with all of these different yeah. documents. You'd then probably go in and you'd think about well. Here's scenario A, scenario B, scenario C. Which one do we go with? Yeah, exactly. And so quite a lot of um, just on the sort of analysis side, the, the thinking side, quite a lot of documentation created. So 
And we used to do, we used to run those sorts of workshops ourselves, sort of pre-COVID. If you drop us into a room with a management team for one day or two days, that sort of workshop. We used to do that pre-COVID as well, and, and it can produce a lot of documentation that needs tidying up. But then the thing is, and actually along came COVID, and then all of a sudden we had management teams all over the place, and indeed all over the world that needed to collaborate. And so it almost accelerated our adoption because there's a central platform there for everybody in the world to log into and look at the same information and collaborate. So actually, it was perfect to support that, you know, obviously sort of miserable lockdown period that everyone went through. But management teams need to collaborate on that stuff because it keeps changing. It's not just doing a swap. It might be the swap for the US and the swap for the UK product X or the product B. And then, of course, you know, good practices, you probably want to look at that stuff a few times a year, just even those simple tools, you know, you ought to be revising. And then as soon as you get into sort of planning, then of course, you're into a live environment, you're into a live situation, you know, you're the worst thing that you can do. And what historically was done was a meaty strategy document, 200 pages, that no one really had the time to read and it was out of date the moment it was finished and put in the bottom drawer. Yeah. Actually, your strategy is a living thing. It's alive <laughs> because you've set some strategic objectives and goals, initiatives. Well, you need to be tracking there and then how you're doing against those, you know, whether that be reporting on some finances, some customer acquisitions, some market share, you know, service activity, employee churn, whatever it may be you're going to have a ton of KPIs in your strategy or OKRs or whatever methodology you're running, and you need to keep track of them. So it's a live, it's a live thing. And so, you know, and again, so software as a vehicle is perfect to wrap around those requirements. And yeah, and so that's what... Thinking about that execution piece, it really falls into two sections, Tom. It falls into the things that you're monitoring yeah, in terms of KPIs and so on. Yeah. Then there are the the sort of mini project you exactly have. yeah it's that's, all the task the task that's, management that's all about making sure the tasks and the activities exactly happen, so happen on time and the kpis probably aren't too relevant while you're doing it yes you've obviously got all the different numbers that you're tracking and of course they can be finance marketing people related whatever and then you you've got all of the task activity and also the risk management as well Yes. So you've got tasks associated with all of those strategic objectives, goals, etc. So that all needs, you know, good quality management. You know, the a fatal, constantly sort of fatal thing is when there's there's a lack of clear accountability. The moment you see a sort of a lack of clarity around who owns what in a strategy, you can bet money on it is going to fail. So just good practice around. Who owns this? <laughs> Who's accountable? What are the deadlines? Where's it at? That's all really critical stuff. So task management and execution, really important. And then the risk management as well. So the larger organizations we're sort of dealing with, and, and also in particular sectors as well, they're very much into risk, obviously, in a, in a good way. So the tracking and management of risk as well is, is really important as part of the strategy. And that all has to tie together. It all has to tie together. So again, having sort of separate documents that are essentially dead the moment they're produced is not the way to run things these days. It's really not. And there's no need to either because we plug into all sorts of different platforms. We pull data in from all sorts of different platforms. 
everything's live and all in one place. Um, what's not to like? And that's what management teams need. They need exactly. all of their data in one place, up to date, and everyone can see what's going on. Yeah. And there's always going to be something that's outside of the platform. And just thinking in terms of what a finance person might be doing in the stages of, of evolving the strategy. Yes. There will be some financial models. As you're doing what ifs or you're yeah, scenario planning, scenario planning, you probably will have built a spreadsheet model. Now, you're not going to do that inside the Lucidity platform. You're going to use Excel or numbers or yeah. whatever your yeah. tool is for doing that. Yeah, exactly. But you can take a document and you can attach it within Lucidity. It's the final version should you want to. Yes, yes. I mean, we did a survey out to 500 chief strategy officers saying, hey, what do you use? And 87% of them came back saying they use spreadsheets. So, <laughs> and we didn't really want to pick a fight with Microsoft. So, And if you ask the same question to CFOs, I'm sure you'll get a higher number than 87%. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. We can pull data in from spreadsheets, of course. You know, if people have got some complex models running that they've spent years building and honing, we're not looking to replace that. But we can pull data in from those sorts of things, no problem. So, yeah, so we interface off to, to lots of different platforms, whatever the data may be, obviously finance data, but also through to, you know, HR data, service data, et cetera, because all of those things are going on within a plan. Yeah. So what we're doing in Gross CFO with Lucidity is uh, we're planning to hold a strategy bootcamp. Right. We're planning the first one at the moment as we record this, but we're going on to, to most likely hold one a quarter. And the idea will be to take a very small number of people, probably six or eight, mm-hmm. through the strategy process. We'll right. run the bootcamp. Across yeah. We'll run two-hour session every day. Right. And we'll take you through the strategy process from end to end. And during that, you can use your own company as the the example that we take through the exercise. We'll do various exercises that will be, some of them will be homework, some of them we'll do in the the sessions, but we'll use lucidity at the same time to document the result all the way through because it's such a such a powerful thing so we're going to make the boot camp available and if folks that are listening to this are starting to get interested in saying yes i want to know more about strategy i want to know how to go through that process i want to know each stage of this and how to do it properly well great drop me a line directly or there'll be a link in the show notes to this podcast where you can find out more and potentially sign up but during the week that you're on the boot camp, and probably for a few days before, because there might be some pre-work, we're still in the planning stage for the first one as we record this, you will have access to your own copy of Lucidity. Now, if you buy the boot camp, you can buy Lucidity at the same time as well. Or if you're not sure about it, we'll give you Lucidity free for the duration of the boot camp, but you will have built an awful lot of stuff in there by the time you finish the exercise. Now, if you want to continue with that, you want to keep all the outputs from there, well, there'll be the opportunity at the end of the week of the boot camp to, to carry on and buy a 12-month license. So I'm doing that simply because there is so much in the platform that will help you. And Tom touched on the vision statements, the biggest repository of vision statements in the world, potentially. Yeah. If you're writing 
in that at the start of this exercise of vision statement. The instructions to do, say, a SWOT analysis or a PESL analysis are quite extensive, and it gives you examples of those as well and instructions on how to go through it. And we go into more sophisticated things, Porter's Five Forces, the stop-start-continue exercise. But I think the real power of the tool is when you then come along and say, right, fine, I've got, at a top level, I've got an idea of what I need to do. Now, let's put together the three-year plan of how to get there. Let's break that down into, well, what do we need to do in year three, in year two, in year one? Okay, great. Year one, now we're getting into some detail. We need an actual action plan for what we're going to do quarter by quarter this year. Now, the tool allows you to do all of that. And it does it in a much simpler way than I've seen an awful lot of planning tools do. And I'm a user of Microsoft Project and things like that, which are really painful things to use. I'm a huge fan of... um, goal-derived project management, a methodology that we used to use in Coopers and Librand. And you can apply that just directly inside Lucidity. And you can say, what are my goals? Right. Back from those goals, what are the actions to get there? Yeah. What are the milestones? Yeah, right. Start putting accountability on individuals. Yeah. It's such a powerful way of doing things. And again, we're going through a boot camp in a week. We don't use a tool like Lucidity. We're going to end up with so many different documents. Mm. We'll find an easy way of printing some reports at the end of the week if you decide it's not for you. But yeah, I think you'll have produced by the end of the week so much good material that what you've got will be invaluable for you to take forward, share with the chief executive, share with the rest of the C-suite. I think it's going to be really powerful. So at this point in time, Tom, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, no, it's great. I think from the sounds of your approach there, it sounds great. I think to to cover the range of sort of strategy and strategic tasks over, over a week is, is a good idea because I don't think you can do all of that in one go. You know, and as we've sort of discussed before, I think that the CFO is perfectly positioned to take a, a bigger and bolder role in strategy within an organisation because CFOs tend to be good at planning they tend to be detailed focused they if they've got a team that team is used to handling data probably from a number of different sources so sort of familiar with the idea of integrations etc you know and for a chief executive to have someone on the management team who can sort of own strategy for them in a, in a good way and the, the management of that strategy i think the cfo is extremely well positioned to carry that responsibility and do a good job, do a good job with it. You know, I think the bootcamp ideas sounds like a great idea. You know, I know that the platform can, you know, support everything from the learning and but also through sort of the genuine planning and genuine execution. So I think it's a great initiative from the sounds of it, Kevin. So, you know, I hope you get lots of attendees and, and they all enjoy it. Yeah. We've been running a survey as well, Tom. Right. Um, we've asked a lot of CFOs. Yeah. They're doing in strategy and it's similar to some of the surveys that you've run in the past. Right. We've done a bit of a hybrid approach that says, tell us about your role in strategy. What right. you like, what's stopping you doing that? And yeah. a lot of finance leaders are telling us that they would really like to be more involved in strategy than they yeah. are. Right. They're citing a couple of reasons for that. Some are saying, well, I'd love to, but I haven't got enough time. Yeah. Some are saying, 
I'd love to, but I'm not sure that I understand the process well enough. There's a, we're also talking to them about, well, what's, what's stopping you executing strategy? Right. And communication and buy-in from the rest of the business is a, is a common mm. problem. Now, yeah. In the tools that we've got here, Tom, and what we're going to cover in the boot camp, we can answer all of those problems. We can, yeah. So we can show you a way that certainly expedites the process. Yeah. So time is a is an interesting one. I remember a few years ago now, some of the first surveys we put out into the SME space, this was, because the frightening statistic in SME, which can be up to 250 people, right? I mean, that's the UK government ver- version of an SME. So only one in 20 um, has a strategy. So 95% don't. So if you have a plan, then you're in the top 5% of the pack. To to be honest, Tom, that's where I think a lot of our members are in groups. Right, okay. Most most of our members tend to be the the finance person in the SME. Okay, right. So if your SME is only four or five people right at the beginning, you've got this great vision. The reason you set the company up, you know what you're doing, you're all – working more hours in the day than are available and you're making progress it's all in your head yeah but it's kind of you get to 10 people yeah and instead of doing it your next step is you're managing another team of people to it, do it. exactly i and think it all becomes more complicated exactly i think as soon as what i see is as soon as a management team starts to form and appear you know so you've got the head of this and the head of that and the marketing director and etc then that's when life starts to get more complicated very quickly. And there's always a bit of a, so whether that's a management team forming or whether it gets to, because the business is going through, say, about 40 employees or certainly 50, then at that point, I think there's always a little bit of a realisation that, uh, uh, uh oh, <laughs> we need to start doing things properly. We need to start planning. We need a strategy because you have to have, everybody pointed in the right in the same direction you know you've got to have people focused on what's strategically important and not wasting time energy and money doing things that are not strategically important the time thing is really interesting so in some cases i think it's it can be a bit of an excuse or oh, i haven't got time but actually in other cases it is a genuine problem but you know a really simple tool is the start stop continue thing which is like look if we want to get over there if we want to be doing 50 million in 3 years time and famous in the UK and the US for example then what do we need to start doing what do we need to stop doing and what do we continue and that simple exercise identifying things that have no strategic value so let's stop them could be a product you know, it could be a service activity, it could be a bunch of clients, it could be a particular client who just drains the life out of everybody. Um, but that exercise of chopping out the things that stopping the things that have no strategic value, that can create huge amounts of oxygen in an organization. And all of a sudden, people have got time then to focus on what's strategically important and not waste time and energy on what isn't. So, and those, you know, that sort of that bit of strategic thinking in a workshop environment, I was always fascinated at that moment because when you put to a management team, okay, you want to get over there. What do we stop? What do we continue? What do we start doing? And that, I think, is the start of actually really having a strategy because there's an old Dilbert com- uh, cartoon and Dilbert 
the, the company with a strategy, Dilbert answers the phone and says, no, we don't do that. And that's actually the essence of having a strategy because you've decided where to focus. And that means you've also decided what you're not prepared to do. Yeah. And I'd also challenge the finance person who says they don't have time to say, well, really, are you sure that you've got time not to do this? Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, Again, take that start, stop, continue. Right. I've got to put some budgets together. Right. What criteria do Mm. I have for what's in the budget? Yeah. If you've got start, stop, continue, well, you certainly need to funded continue. Yeah. You really do need to make sure you've put the funds in place for everything you want to start. Absolutely. Very key part, because cash is always limited. Yeah. Is that you want to take money out of the business that's associated with the things you want to stop. Absolutely. And of course, the CFO plays an absolutely critical role at this moment doing these things. Fund properly the growth activities and stop funding the the stuff that has no strategic value. But the problem is what you get that, but that takes a little bit of bravery on a management team because some of those decisions can be a bit unpopular, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where the social side of strategy comes in and the politics. So, but a CFO, you know, plays a key role at exactly this moment and needs to make some brave calls, fund the right things in a good way, you know, agree those targets, make sure sales and marketing have got those tar- sort of targets, the sales teams have got new pay plans. And these are all the sort of tasks then that get created in a good strategy and a good plan because, you know, you're doing, you're putting the right things in place to make this, to make the growth activities work and succeed. Right. But you can only have that bandwidth if you stop doing the old stuff. And so, yeah, this is all very sort of tied together. And the CFO is right in the middle of some of this stuff, I think. Yeah. And I strongly believe that the business should have a single source of data, a single source of data. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And some of that data is financial, some of it's non financial. And it yeah. all goes into putting your KPIs together. But again, yeah. show you where you're getting to. I believe it should live with finance because finance are very good at operating the, the monthly and the quarterly drumbeat. Yeah. Have all the disciplines of putting reports together on a regular basis. Have yeah. the disciplines of, of interpreting what those results are saying. So now if you don't have a clear strategy, if you don't know what you should be starting to do, if you don't know what you should be stopping to do and have a plan behind those of when am I starting this? When am I stopping that? How on earth do you put together a sensible set of metrics for the business? Yeah. Yeah. Because all your metrics should, should link back to your strategic objectives and the plan for delivering them. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's a couple of things there. So you're absolutely right. I completely agree with that. And one of the sort of classics is you might have the head of sales with a what they think is the set of numbers. And then you've got the head of marketing with what they think of the set of numbers. And of course, you would imagine sales and marketing to have some some of the same KPIs, perhaps around customer acquisition. And so that single source of truth is critical because you've got to have people working towards exactly the same targets. So one of the, without boring you about product features, that's one of the things we sort of baked into the product. So there's a single source of truth. There's a single KPI number that can then sit in multiple strategies. 
It can sit in the organizational one. It can sit in the sales one. It can sit in the marketing one. And then everyone's focused on the same number. And that's, you know, that's really important. The other thing is, and again, where obviously software makes such differences, we can automate all that stuff. So, you know, we can set those integrations up. The, the data is just sort of pulled in and updated automatically. Again, to stop people having to sort of rummage around and try to find what the answer is and put it into a slide and all of that malarkey. You know, again, it just takes a lot of time and energy out of a management team. And people have got people have got better things to do with their time and energy than, than that basic sort of drudgery. And so, you know, again, that's just come from personal experience of, of never, you know, that's why people, that's the time problem with strategy. So let's automate it. Let's automate the data. Let's automate the reporting. Let's automate the report production. Let's even automate the distribution of the report so everyone gets it at the right time. That can make a real difference to a team and a business. That one version of the truth is so important, Tom. I can think back to business team meetings when I was back in, in ICI in the chemicals. Right. And the typical business meeting would start with the finance report. Yeah. And I'd give a rundown of the month's numbers. Then probably followed by the sales report. And I can remember several meetings where it was out and I'm starting off with a finance report. Sales is behind target. It's 10% off where we should be, but we've got the sales section coming up next. And I go through the rest of the financials. Then the head of sales stands up and yeah, okay. The sales number is is 9% below target. Hang on. Kevin said it was 10% below. Yeah. Why is it different? Yeah. And you then spend the next 20 minutes arguing yeah. whether it's 9% below or 10% below. But yeah. You miss the point completely. It's below target. <laughs> what are we going to do about it? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. And that just takes time and energy, doesn't it? It wastes time and energy. And, and then, of course, then people start disbelieving all the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As soon as somebody sees a, a number that doesn't tie into another number or a typo or anything like that, they yeah. start doubting what it is they're looking at. So you've got to be very, very careful. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tom, Lucidity, great product. Yeah, thank What's you. Next? What's next? Mm. Well, Kevin, I'm a big fan of global domination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, so yeah, so we're growing, we're, you know, getting traction in the places we wanted to get traction. So in terms of our own business, yeah, so we, we're picking up customers in, we're focused on English speaking markets globally. So we're adding sort of lots of customers in all those sorts of places and in certain sectors. In terms of the product, though, perhaps that's more of interest. So we're constantly, as you mentioned earlier on, we're constantly beavering away on the product. You know, we've got lots of sort of ambitions for it. So we're just about to, right now, we're just working on the next sort of generation of reporting, for example, that's going to drop into the product beginning of August. And then looking beyond that, then we're going to be getting into sort of much more interesting things. So, you know, no surprises, we're starting to look at sort of machine learning. So imagine if we can start to make suggestions, for example, you know, because on on my travels, I mentor one of the things I do outside of Lucidity is I, I'm, I'm non-exec and I, and I mentor. I mentor pro bono in a growth fund that's focused on uh, tech for good. So it's all social activity. It's health, environment and society. And I work with young teams there, young entrepreneurs. And I find it really inspirational, intellectually challenging and rewarding, all of those things. 
But what I've really noticed is I, I tend to have all the same conversations. You know, have you thought about this? You haven't thought about that. What about this? And so, you know, with a little bit of data and some experience, and actually we can start to suggest to people what they have and haven't considered and perhaps how their plans perhaps compare to industry benchmarks, for example. So the future of the product becomes sort of slightly cleverer. That's one sort of thread of our activity. We're also sort of looking to, you know, in terms of sort of accessibility, we've already got customers actually sort of rolling out across their whole organization, which is really exciting for us. You know, what we typically see is the management team adopt it. And then actually we are really now starting to see things get pushed out across an organization. So then we sort of, you know, from a software product point of view, we're making aspects of the product available on mobile. So perhaps you could see a dashboard um, and what's going on, or perhaps you could update a few tasks, etc. So we've got those sorts of product extensions that we're we're thinking about now and and planning too. Because you know, good practice is having all of your team aligned to the strategy. One of the businesses previously I, I took through to investor and people gold. So we were pretty good at the investor and people stuff, you know, part of the strategy. We got gold. And what was interesting was to get gold was about two things. One was employee well-being and the other thing was strategic communication. So to make sure that everybody understood what the strategy was and how they fitted into it and how they contributed. And so, again, you know, that personal experience of in those days, I used to write a lot of emails to communicate to the whole company as regularly as possible. So, of course, we're looking to automate that sort of stuff. How can we constantly update and inform all employees about progress and what they're doing and how they're contributing? They're the sorts of things we're looking at in terms of product development that, that I think are really exciting because I know that that will save a management team a lot of time and energy. It will engage employees in a good way. You know, so for your audience, people don't really feel that inspired by receiving a spreadsheet every week. So, you know, how can we make that more interesting and more engaging, that visualization of data? to really engage employees. They're the sorts of things that we're sort of looking at and we're thinking excited about as the next, the next big sort of the big hurdles in our own product development and the next generation of the product. So that's what, that's what we're up to, Kevin. We've always got too much to do, but we sort, we're sort of gluttons for punishment. Yeah, It's interesting you should mention that, that gold award for investors. Yeah. That brings me back to one of one of my key beliefs about putting a growth strategy together. I am a firm believer, Tom, that you should have a, a financial slash growth objective. Yeah. You should have a customer or quality objective and you should yeah. have a people objective. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's echoed in a favorite book of mine. There's a book called Scaled Speed by Felix Valadi, who Felix has been a previous guest on this podcast. For, right. If you want to refer back to that. But yeah. Felix's example in the book says, okay, we're going to grow this company. We're going to treble the size of this company across the next two to three years. Fine. That's given yeah. me an idea, but we're going to have a net profit goal in that as well. But secondly, we're going to win a customer service award. Yes. Nominated for a, a customer service. Yeah. There's objective two. Objective yeah. three, well, right. in, in his example, is, uh, we're going to be in the t- Sunday Times top 100 best employers, yeah. which is similar to your gold award. Exactly. They're all fantastic examples of, you know, strategic objectives, strategic goals. 
that can really help drive a company forward. You know, employees find inspiring, they want to achieve, they want to be involved, they want to contribute, you know. Exactly. So we used to do, you know, all of that, invest from people gold, times top 100, four years in a row, Sunday times fast track for international growth, all of those things. We got the badges. But you have to have that. And building a strategy sort of either creates or forces you to then put some of those in, in aspirations yeah. down on the table and in the plan. And then everyone's got something to work towards and everyone feels good when you get there. And that's where if, if I was doing this in practice, I'd have a, a sunray diagram up on right. It's sort of, here's my big, hairy, audacious goal that articulates yes. right. It's right up in the top corner at the center of the sun. Yeah. That bands going out that sort of year three, year two, year one. Yeah. And break that down to segments. And I'd be saying, okay, year three, we're going to win this Investor and People Award. Yes, exactly. So what criteria have we had to meet in year three yeah. to win that? Yeah. Okay. So in year two or year one, what are the processes we've got to put in place in yeah. to meet those criteria? And suddenly you, you take what is a fairly nebulous strategic objective into some some very absolutely hands-on yeah you feel what you've got to do sort of plans yeah exactly and inspirational for the teams right yeah Yeah. you know because you know everyone feels pleased about achieving that and the thing is the other thing for those you know those sorts of awards particularly those people orientated awards is boy do they help with recruitment the amount of times you interview someone and you say, you know, why, why is it that you applied? And um, they're like, well, we saw all the awards that you've got. It's, yeah. it, you know, so in terms of attracting talent, the knock-on effect of those awards can be extremely valuable. Yeah. And then if you go back to that example, Tom, you know, year three may also say we've, we've grown this business by some great multiple. Might also say, and we sold it. Yeah. So then year three says, well, management team to take business forward must be yeah. in place. Yeah. You've, Year you've two seen. says we've got to recruit the management team. Yeah. Back to what's got to be in place around all these, these investor and people things to attract the right folk into the business. Well, you, you've sort of hit on probably two additional podcasts right there because I know we've had customers who have used the platform to really articulate, show, communicate the growth strategy to investors to raise money. I've seen that myself, you know, had a little bit of input, but, you know, just watch them leverage the platform to raise money. And then, you know, no surprises if you are looking to exit. And as part of that discussion, you can show what the growth strategy looks like. And it's credible and it's well, you know, it's well structured. It's clear. It hangs together. It's tangible. Well, you know, what what do you think that's going to do to the valuation? It's only going to push it up, right? So there's two examples, raising money and driving up an exit value, that having a good strategy and being able to articulate that clearly, you know, adds a huge amount of value. And it just helps, mm-hmm. you, get, helps you get over the line. Right. Just two examples. In the, in the gross CFO version of lucidity, which you can get if you take lucidity from us, we've developed based around some some workshops and webinars that we ran in Gross TFO maybe 12, 18 months ago, where we right. talked specifically about exit, we've built a template that says, okay, here are the things that you need to be doing 12 months away, three years away from exit. 
here's the right. stuff you need to be doing two years away from exit. Yeah. Here's the stuff you need to be doing in the year leading up to exit. Yeah. We've got that. Obviously, every company is different. So you can't plan that down to individual task level. Mm. You can at least show people at the top level of the plan what the milestones are that they should be achieving. And then they can put their own detailed plan behind that using the template in the model. In, right. In- yeah. Great, great idea. Because it's, you know, a lot of this stuff is, and this comes back to the original point, you know, strategy doesn't need to be complicated. It's not nebulous. It's actually quite logical and structured and a good strategy is quite simple to understand and largely common sense, I think. <laughs> um, you know, if someone starts to explain your strategy to you and you actually, you know, you're completely confused within a couple of minutes, it's not a very good strategy. I agree. If you can't explain the strategy as an elevator pitch. Exactly. wrong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, two or three weeks ago, we, we put a podcast out and I was talking to Benjamin Wan about the strategy execution gap. Right. The thing about strategy isn't putting that plan together, putting the vision together. No, no, it's the execution. Doing the execution, yeah. doing the right stuff, and it comes down yeah. to you're in the mud and it's the day-to-day activities and making yeah. all the right things. Yeah, exactly. And it's at those moments when you need to be using the right tools because it's at those moments when people can't find something and they haven't got time to look further and, and it all starts to gradually fall apart. You know, that friction, I just sort of class that as friction. There's a lot of friction there that you have to try to sort of remove. I think you've got to recognize it can happen in your organization and then think, well, you know, where do I need to, where do I need to remove friction? What tools do I need to to use to make sure that there isn't any friction? That's really important because the execution is, you know, it's a long-term activity. It's every week, it's every month, it's every quarter. It's not, it's not a one-off event. Exactly. Exactly. Tom. I'm conscious here that we've been talking for the best part of an hour. Yeah. And we really ought to wrap up. And I, I can okay. think of many things that we could, could come back to and, and record another podcast on. And Brilliant. Really talking I, I, about that strategy that leads to an exit. Yeah. Make a very interesting podcast in itself. Yeah. 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 That's great. No, look, thank you very much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for the invite. And more than happy to come on again to talk about other aspects of strategy. And Look, best of luck to you um, with the bootcamp approach. Sounds fantastic. You know, so good luck. And, you know, your audience are perfectly positioned to take a bigger and bolder approach with strategy in their organization. So, you know, good luck to them all. So if you are in finance and you feel as though you want to have a bigger role in strategy and you want to find out more, there'll be a link to that bootcamp in the show notes. Or please contact me and we can talk about it further. Tom Rick and McCarthy, thank you for being a brilliant guest on this week's Grow CFO Show. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.